It's over 70 years since I was liberated from Belgian Belsen in April 1945. As a survivor of the Holocaust, I hoped the world would be a better place after the war. Sadly, I was wrong. Thank you so much for meeting me. No, I watched pleasure. it and I absolutely loved every second of it. Um, I found it really, really very interesting indeed. When I was watching the, the movie, the documentary on Tommy, I just thought that is somebody who has, in a world where it's not always easy to stand up and be counted, that he was and that he's continuing to stand up and be counted. And he's, he's bridged an awful lot of gaps between various you know various um peoples and religions and so yeah. on I, I just wanted to find out a little bit about how how you came to make this documentary where did that come from okay june this documentary condemned to remember is essentially a sequel to the film we made with tommy in 2012 2014 called close to evil Okay, this was about uh, Hilda Michnia. Hil yeah, so in Close to Evil, Tommy goes in search of the SS woman mm -hmm. and discovers, A, that she doesn't want to meet him, yeah. but also discovers about her past and the fact that she was a convicted war criminal. But we also discover in that film her testimony to Bergen-Belsen Museum, in which she states that she had worked in a slave labour camp in Poland, mm -hmm that uh, there were approximately 2,000 female Jewish women mm -hmm. uh, in the slave mm -hmm. labour camp that mm -hmm. she was in, mm -hmm. near a great network of camps called Gross Rosen in Poland. Mm -hmm. And she said that um, she never saw any brutality yeah. or inhumane treatment to prisoners. Mm -hmm. And that when they were forced to abandon the camp in January, uh, January 1945, mm -hmm. she openly states that she was with the prisoners on what was to become a death march. But she said that on her section of the march, there was no ill treatment and we shared the same food and the same sleeping quarters and conditions as the prisoners. Mm -hmm. We found a woman in Israel for that film who was on the death march, Luba. Warszawska and Luba had been on the same death march and Luba said from the moment we were evacuated from the slave labour camp we were shown not one moment of compassion yes. not one gesture mm -hmm. of empathy was demonstrated mm -hmm. there was no recollection of soup there was no recollection of hot chocolate <laughs> she remembers sleeping in if they were lucky they were put into a barn to sleep with the cattle because the cattle were warm. Yeah. And she said to us in that film, she said, from the moment we left, any of those who were unable to walk and keep up the pace, they were shot. Yeah. So as a result of that film, and it was screened in Germany, complaints were made to the prosecutor's office mm -hmm. for Nazi crimes in Hamburg. And that led to an investigation mm -hmm. into Hilda and that investigation has been reopened since the film, since we recorded the scene where the uh, prosecutor's office said we've no evidence to suggest that she was on the death march. This is the there was any, we've evidence yeah. that, obviously, by her own admission, she was on the death march. 
but we've no evidence to suggest that anyone was murdered in the first seven days. Yeah. We've no concrete evidence. Yeah. But now the uh, attorney. Was Tommy part of that? No. Tommy. Tommy. Was Tommy was in. Tommy was in Bergen Belsen. Okay. And the way what happens is that this woman, after the slave labour camp in Poland was evacuated in 9th, January '45, she ends up in Bergen Belsen for the last okay. few months as a guard. A lot of the guards from the Gross Rosen network. Came, came to Bergen-Belsen yeah. because the numbers in Bergen-Belsen swelled and yeah. the guards that had been yeah. at up to no good in Eastern Europe were now up to no good in yeah. Western Europe. Yeah. Are you yeah. with me? Yeah, I got, I'm with you now. And that, yeah. So the film starts off as a bit of a sequel and then we get bogged down. Uh, we, we, in terms of making the film, we got bogged down in... Uh, slow glacial progress of the legal investigation into the woman because we set out thinking June that we were going to do the last Nazi trial and that this last Nazi yeah. trial had in some way been precipitated by our movie yeah. Close to Evil and in fact it was and it was in fact it was like I mean you, you should take credit for that no I, 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 yeah. I, I accept all credit coming yeah. however yeah. Um, in relation to Close to, uh, Condemned to Remember when we were in Germany in 2015, when we started this process, the Syrian civil war was at its most brutal phase. Mm -hmm. And millions of people were fleeing Syria and mm -hmm. Libya and other parts. Mm -hmm. And there was this bottleneck of people and the images of people drowned. Get, yeah. yeah, and the children I, I washed up that. on I beaches. Saw that. And you could see the children being handed over fences. And, so yeah. Tommy suggested, he said, and you know, here we are, we're at a bit of a hiatus in our journey to find out what's going to happen in relation to whether or not there's going to be a last Nazi trial. And yet we're finding that hundreds of thousands of people are making their way across Europe looking for a home, fleeing war and persecution, mm -hmm. and they're being denied any sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And you see, that sounds familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So the film then began to morph into another scenario. Yeah. And sometimes these happen. Yeah. These are, you know, these moments yeah, of serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. It goes right back to Columbus. Yeah. I'm setting out for India and I find America. Yeah. So we set out to pursue the story of the investigation into this Nazi uh, SS woman. And we go off then as events in Europe unfold and very importantly, yeah. June, when one of the women in the film, Alexandra Senft, who's the granddaughter of the man, Hans Ludin, who signed a lot of the deportation orders for Tommy's family yeah. to be deported yeah. to Auschwitz. That was the, the was, it, was it her great-grandfather the younger girl the younger girl is the great-grandfather great and the older dark-headed woman she is her mother alexandra and she's the obviously the granddaughter she was an amazing woman yeah so she you really so you had a scenario that we filmed mm. there where both the granddaughter and the great-granddaughter had reached out to tommy in a way that he i mean alexandra sam said to me i've been waiting all my life for an encounter with, Tom, with the likes of tommy mm. 
because of the memory we have yeah. of being the descendants of the perpetrator. And they couldn't talk about their grandfather, apparently. They couldn't mention They couldn't name. talk, but she yeah. broke the silence. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a very strong moment when the great-granddaughter of a Nazi war criminal promises Tommy that she will keep the memory alive yeah. of what happened. Really touching. And it's yeah. also important because she was only 19 when we filmed that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's important also that we bridge the generations. Yes, I, think, I agree completely. Because a lot I of people can't go to this film and they say, yeah, well, there he is. Tommy's talking about events in 1935, 39, 45. You know, what relevance has it got to us? Well, as he says at the end, quoting William Faulkner, the past is not dead. The past is not even the past. And when Alexandra says, at least in Germany, we're trying to deal to some extent with the skeletons from the Nazi era and, the, and the, also the communist era, she said, Jerry, in Eastern Europe, there's a great reluctance. And that propelled us, I think, into the very rich territory that we went into. When we went into Poland, when we met people like Jan Gross, when we went to the village in Poland that, had that the villagers had murdered the, the Jewish neighbours, the village of Jedwabne. Yes, that was horrific. Now, when, you, when we went in, the atmosphere in that village, you could cut with a knife. There was nobody. Uh, we just got daggers looks. There was nobody who wanted to help us find a location or, you know, what are you doing? When they saw the IRL van, mm -hmm. the jeep that we had, because we travelled, don't it. forget, we travelled all across Europe. I'm amazed <laughs> that you did that. Did you and drive? We, we drove most of the way and we'd yeah. get Tommy to fly or get a train. Yeah. Um, because we weren't expecting Tommy to, to uh, rough it, but he had to rough, he had to rough a good bit of the journey. Well, later, I, saw him, I saw him walking down a snow-filled road. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he, he had to do that. Yeah, he had, yeah. Oh, yeah, he had to do yeah, he had, yeah. He had to do that. Yeah, after all, it's show business. Yeah. But tell me about um, this, this town, the one that you mentioned. Jeb Vabney? Yes. Tell me what Jeb illustrates a problem that I think we could have filmed in many villages and towns across Eastern Europe. It just so happens that this place is quite iconic. In 2001, Jan Gross, who features in the film, published a small book called Neighbours. And in Neighbours, he tells the story of how hundreds of Jewish people mm -hmm. who had lived in this village and its surrounding area mm -hmm. for hundreds of years were massacred, mm -hmm. uh, the bulk of them being burnt in a barn. Yes, and they were insulted and humiliated. And before. raped and, uh, yeah. and, and the women were that. segregated the, and from the women men. And all of that. Yeah, and they forced, and I think they forced them to sing communist songs. They forced them they, to sing communist songs and yeah, all of that yeah. on the basis that uh, the popular uh, conception of it was that the Jews are communists, the communists are the source of all our ills, and now that the Nazis have come, we have permission yeah. to take vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're going to do business with the Nazis for the conquest of Poland. Mm. We make it quite clear mm. that there's very little collaboration between Poles and Nazis. But the, uh, the erosion of all civil society by the Nazis yeah. allows bad people to yeah. take an opportunity. Yes, it does. Now, 
Um, unfortunately, we could have shot those scenes in Lithuania, yeah. Latvia, Yugoslavia. Estonia, parts of Yugoslavia, Romania, uh, Hungary. Um, it just so happens that at th this was an iconic village. A great debate is still raging in Poland. And at the moment, the government that's in Poland at the moment uh, wish to make any reference in school textbooks to this matter, um, uh, a matter in which has been misrepresented by uh, Jan Gross and the culprits were Germans dressed as Poles. In other words, everything bad that happened in yeah, Poland had to, be the the, other, had to be the responsibility the of the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. No Poles were involved in anything yeah. like that. Now, Poland is in the middle of a major crisis over mm. dealing with its mm. past. And you could say the same about the rest, a lot of Eastern mm. Europe. Mm. And I think that's just something yeah. we deal with in the film. Yeah, you do. And Tommy them. deals with it when he goes yeah. home to his home country. That was very and he, moving. And he tries, yeah. you see, June, rather than, it was very important that Tommy had then a target for his journey. And when he gets to Slovakia, the target is, why is it that in modern Slovakia, 10% of the parliament is now represented by neo and in, in the parliament are now neo-fascists. Yes. Who wear the openly, some of them wear the uniform of our yes. tormentors. And one of the, he, he mentioned one man in particular who was in parliament. So the leader, leader of the neo-fascist party is this man called Marian Kotleba. Yeah. And Marian Kotleba, we said, well, why don't we talk to Marian Kotleba? Yeah. Why don't Tommy, yeah. as a survivor, as a Slovak, mm -hmm. as somebody who was forced out of, mm -hmm. out of the village that you lived mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. never to return, mm -hmm. basically, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. with 35 members. Yeah. So Tommy said, yeah, even if I only get a chance to ask them three questions before they throw me out, let me confront them. Yeah. Let me confront them with the shame yeah. that he's bringing on Slovakia. Yeah. And he was he maintained. Um, I I I don't know. Did they get to talk to him in the end? I don't think they did. No. When we went to the when we went to his governor's office yes. in Banska Bystrica, yeah. in the center of of uh, Slovakia, uh, after many phone calls, letters, and talking to his aides and telling his people that we were on the way. Mm. And we arrived only to be told that he was at a governor's meeting upstairs and that he would get back to us, that we couldn't arrive without an appointment. And, and all of course you had an appointment. And we had an You'd understanding. Been trying to get an appointment. Yeah. yeah. But this, I mean, June, quite frankly, this was our best way yeah, cinemat cinematically yeah. to show that this fellow was a coward. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And you have to contrast yeah. Tommy's moral courage to go into the lion's yeah. den. Yes, absolutely. With his lack of courage in confronting Tommy, if, if he believed in what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. And do you remember he was introduced, Gottlieb was introduced as the, po the politician who couldn't be bought. The politician who couldn't be bought. And in he... fact, it seems that he was not the politician who couldn't be bought. It seemed that he was anything but. So we have a scenario... There are, in many parts of Eastern Europe, Kotleba's views are popular. Mm -hmm. Again, we're not talking about Poland specifically or Slovakia specifically. Um, we've just seen 
uh, you know, an extreme nationalist party being mm -hmm. elected in Germany for the first time, mm -hmm. with one of its leaders saying openly only a few weeks ago, the Holocaust Museum in Berlin is an eyesore. God, and it's about time yeah. that Germans moved on from the Holocaust. You know? So, Germany mm. is shocked by the, this, this, the expression of these attitudes. Mm. And there will be a healthy debate in Germany, I've no doubt about it. Mm. However, I am worried mm. about Eastern Europe. Mm. I am worried about the quality of, of their leadership. And I'm also worried about freedom yeah. of speech yeah. and what you're, you're going back, right back to you, but Butler, mm -hmm. the oxygen yeah. of fresh air yeah. so that we can talk, mm -hmm. explore. And if we have to confront skeletons in our past, mm -hmm. well, we have to. Yeah. yeah it's because the, the truth way. will have yeah. to, has to come yeah, out. And if the truth doesn't come, come out, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, I, sometime back I watched um, Claude Lanzmann's show yeah. and um, I found that just my experience of watching it was that I found some of the, um, the narratives, the people telling their story that they were, had told it before, yeah. understandable, and that they had not appeared to find any peace or resolution or peace within themselves. Now, having witnessed what they witnessed, which was truly horrific. Um, the, uh, one thing I noticed, the marked contrast between Tommy and the people I saw being interviewed in show is that they were hollow. They were shells of people who had gone through so much yeah. that they simply shut down, that their ability to process the, the trauma was gone. Yeah. And that in Tommy's case, what I noticed about Tommy, um, and I'm not saying this is good or bad, I'm just saying that this is, this is what I noticed having watched Shaw, that in Tommy's case, that he has a, a face that's brimful of hope, that he has a face that says he's willing to embrace, he's willing to talk, he's willing to enter into dialogue, and he wants he's to yes he's open and he said at the very very beginning of the the documentary i know that he said i can't believe i've reached 80 i'm so happy to be here um i never thought i would and then he said and he said i don't feel 80 he said i feel young and i looked at him and i thought do you know what he is young he is young he's managed to retain um throughout all that he's been through he's managed to retain um something that will look at skeletons, won't avoid the past, will face up to things in its own time, not, not in a rush, not in, you know, but... And he's looking for the good yeah, in people. He looks for the good. Now, and he sees the positive. And I thought that was just really touching. I, I, I liked the fact that he was so open to, to others and to um, talking. June, I think you're, you, you're right there. I think you've spotted something in Tommy's persona that's quite unique. In relation to the testimonies in uh, Landsman's epic Shoah, most of the people that he would have spoken to would have been adults at the time of the event. Tommy is a nine and ten year old yeah. and a bit bewildered yeah. by the collapse of everything he, yeah. he knew. All stability. And all stability. Yeah. yeah. But nevertheless, he was extraordinarily fortunate that his nuclear family, his mother, his father and his brother, his closest cousin, 
and his closest aunt survived. Mm -hmm. And that gave him a sort of nucleus of stability mm -hmm. to fall back on. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was very, very lucky. Yeah, he, he was, was lucky. Yeah. Then at the age of 14, he decides that the future and the family decide, but Tommy's the first to go. Tommy goes to Israel as a young pioneer at the age of 14. He arrives in Israel. He, he goes into a kibbutz. He's yeah. living in a kibbutz for about a year. Yeah. You know? Uh, convinced that the land, that, that that was to be the place of hope mm -hmm. because Europe, mm -hmm. uh, already by 1949, mm -hmm. Stalin's paranoia had then shifted that there were Jewish plots against mm -hmm. the Soviet Union. Yeah. And... If there was a Jewish plot against the Soviet Union, then it was a Jewish plot against all the people's republics. And then, of course, all Jews in the communist parties of Eastern Europe fell under suspicion, mm -hmm. with the result that in 1949 there was a show trial in Czechoslovakia. Mm -hmm. And most of the Central Committee of the Communist mm -hmm. Party of Czechoslovakia were Jews. And they were murdered mm -hmm. uh, by... Uh, pro-Stalin mm -hmm. communists mm -hmm. who just fell in line with the latest mm -hmm. Moscow line. So in that atmosphere, jumping off, jumping out of Slovak, Czech, what was then the Czechoslovak People's Republic and going to Israel was a good was a good story, Tommy. Yeah. Now, yeah. Tommy then doesn't speak about it for 50 odd years and f finds himself in Ireland through... 59, yeah, 1959, he finds yeah. himself in Ireland. And then, but by the age, but by the time he becomes in his early seventies, he discovers a mission. He calls it his mission of remembrance, because all the ghosts are coming back, yeah. and the ghosts are saying, "Tommy, you've had a charm life. Are you just going to sit there in your suburban home in Radgar? You've had a good life." Yeah. You've had a, you've run a, a you ran a jewellery factory up on Grafton Street. You did you did well for yourself in life. So did your brother Mickey with his tool factory, his tool making factory over in Israel. Mm -hmm. Are you just going to uh, sort of uh, float along now until mm -hmm. the end of your days? Are you going to make it happen? Yeah, make it happen. Yeah. So Tommy, retro Tommy, quite late in life has come to right. I've got to tell people what happened. Mm -hmm. it, he calls it his mission of remembrance. I've been very fortunate, extremely fortunate now, to make the three films with him, which are probably going to stand the test of time, Joe. They will stand the test of time. Because here's a yeah. unique yeah. Uh, testament of what happened in the 20th century mm -hmm. from somebody who lived in Ireland, became an Irish citizen, has added so much to Irish life. He has, yeah. Stephen was talking to me earlier and he said to me, make sure to tell June this. Tommy in the last 10 years has spoken to over 100,000 secondary school, second level students yeah. and yeah. comprehensives and community schools yeah. and uh, boarding schools all over the country. Um, and for a man of his age. He does twice. It, until, until, quite re Tommy. until quite recently, he's 82 now, he would go to two schools per week and he would talk about his life. Yeah. With the result that when the trailer was posted on Facebook by Eclipse Pictures, our yeah. distributors, yeah. over a quarter of a million hits were registered yeah. on the Facebook page yeah. by, in the, by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
and her friends mm -hmm. who had heard of Tommy over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So Tommy had tapped in mm -hmm. to a whole young generation of Irish people who knew very little about what happened yeah. in 1945, yeah. found it extraordinary that they were meeting a man who'd been beaten up at the age of nine by the Gestapo mm. and thrown into a concentration camp mm. and had survived it. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I noticed as well? I saw when Tommy went into the, um, the mosque yeah. in Dublin, I thought that was absolutely wonderful. I thought it was beautiful that he was able to celebrate his birthday in a mosque, as a survivor of the Holocaust, yeah. as all those other things, I thought it was wonderful of the Muslim community to accept him in. What I thought was interesting was that he, without any ceremony at all, and it was really subtle, and I, this is what I like about how he delivers the documentary, we're allowed to watch it, we're yeah. not given cues, we're not, you know, there's, we're less come to our own conclusions. Absolutely. He allows you, he gives you, he's fair, and that he lets you see this. But I thought it was really interesting that he put on the Star of David. That was critical. Yeah. It was critical he did I that. I thought that was just yeah. a, a very pivotal moment yeah. in that particular uh, conversation that he had in the mosque, that he quietly, without any ceremony, just simply like you would put on a hat, like you would put on a pair of gloves, that he simply took out the Star of David and he put it on to his yeah. lapel, and I thought that was really moving. Yeah. Now, for those who are listening to our conversation, he, he puts on the yellow yes. star that he would have been forced to yes. wear as a young boy yes. in the village of yeah. Merisice in Slovakia. Yeah. And he puts that on, and every school he goes to, he does that at the start of his talk. And it's a moment where everyone has to register. Something special is about to unfold here. Yes. And I think we recorded a unique moment of history. A very you you more used the term Tommy's face is full of hope. That's a very hopeful scene. Yeah. It's also a scene I'm very proud of because all of the people in that room are Irish citizens. Mm -hmm. They're black. They're Arabs. Mm -hmm. They're from Bosnia Herzegovina. Mm -hmm. They're Irish converts to Islam. Mm -hmm. And here they are embracing and sharing a birthday party at the end of the holy month of Ramadan with a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Right? Now, in his own little way, Tommy is building his little bridge. Yes. Yes. Back to you, Hubert Butler. We are responsible for our own particular patch and our own particular set of responsibilities. Yeah. 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 And we have an obligation to try and see the world from the other person's mm. perspective mm -hmm. and put ourselves into their shoes. Mm. So just as Tommy said to me, he said, you know, that SS woman might be, she might be, she might just need somebody to say, someone like me to say, um, have you got something that you want to get off your mind? Yeah. A moment of redemption. So it, he... At the best, he was offering her a moment of redemption, and she spawned it yeah. in Close to Evil. Yeah. Alexandra Senf, of course, was seeking the bridge. Yeah. So in Close to Evil, he builds a bridge mm -hmm. with the family who were descended from the person who decimated his family. Yes. And in, Close to, in, in Condemned to Remember, he's building bridges again. A little yes. bridge with the yeah. Muslim community in Ireland. Yes. Out in Blanchardstown with Sheikh Umar. 
who very generously brought, asked him to come at the holiday. And he got month. a lovely birthday cake. And he got a birthday cake. <laughs> uh, got a birthday cake. And I have to tell you a good one here now, June. He's allergic to kiwi fruits. Oh, bless him. And, there was and the cake is festooned with kiwi oh, fruits. Oh, bless him. Oh, so no. he had to tiptoe his way around the cake. Yeah, God. <laughs> Other than that, how we would have had to bring him back. How do you tell them? <laughs> However, he builds another little bridge with the Syrian refugee in the film Condemned to Remember, Sami Ayoub, the, the lad in Germany. I found that very interesting. He, he walked through Turkey. He walked from Turkey walked all the way walked. to Germany. Amazing. Yeah. And Sammy represents... Yeah. And he was articulate, which I, which I love, because, you see, the trouble is, is that sometimes people think, oh, there's the boogeyman, yeah. and they, they attribute uh, features to them, like a long beard, or, yeah. you know, they look different, or whatever. And, and the fact is, is that Sammy was articulate and he made very good points and he was worth listening to and I thought that was a, a fantastic ambassador. I met Sammy during the research phase uh, when I did a trip to Germany to, the, to find out a bit more about what was going on in relation to the trial and all of that and Hans-Jürgen Brennecke who is the man that brought the charges against, filed the charges against Hilda and his father was... And his father was... was a, he said 110% 110% Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. Now, Hans Jorgen's involved in assisting all the refugees mm -hmm. in the town. Mm -hmm. And it was Hans Jorgen who introduced me to Sammy. Mm -hmm. And I said, right, there are now a million refugees finding a life for themselves in Germany. I'm not going to talk to a million. No. Sammy has to represent that young cohort of... Refugees from the hell that is Syria. Mm -hmm. And as you suggest, among the million there are poets. Yes. There are short story writers. There are engineers. There are nurses and doctors. Mm -hmm. There are architects. There are farmers. Mm -hmm. There are street sweepers. They all probably have one thing in common. They're all striving for a better life. Mm -hmm. There was a misnomer that... By bringing in a million refugees, you brought in the potential of terror and ISIS cells and all of that. But the forum recently, the Forum for an Open Democracy, and did a study since 1975 to 2015 or 2016. They looked at every terrorist incident in Western Europe and North America for over 40 years. And they tried to establish how many refugees had been responsible for acts of terror mm -hmm. in the West, we call it. Mm -hmm. And the numbers of the thousands of acts of terror, unfortunately, that have been perpetrated in the last 40 or so years. Refugees have been responsible for 0.4%. A, a very large study by the Forum for Open Democracy, who looked at yeah. the figures, looked at the perpetrators, looked at their backgrounds, looked where they were from, mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. A drop in the O, an infinitesimal number mm -hmm. were refugees. Yeah. Yeah. So Germany, uh, that sequence in Germany with Sammy, Tommy builds a bridge to a, a young man who comes from a country that would, that would, fraternal relations or friendly relations with any person of the Jewish persuasion would not be, would not be encouraged. No. And there you have it, another little bridge built 
on both sides by both parties. And then he said to me, he said, Jerry, I have to go to Bosnia because we were smug in Europe that it would never happen again. And we go to the iconic location again of Srebrenica. Avdic, the... the of, uh, yeah, Najad Avdic. Avdic, yes. Najad, he, he speaks to Najad, who survived the uh, point like execution. Amazing. He was shot several times. He, he was dropped. shot several times. He said he was in horrific pain and he wanted to die. And yeah. uh, apparently the guards refused to touch them. They said they didn't want to touch them because they were unclean and they didn't want to make sure that they were dead. They just assumed that they were dead. But there was the motherfuckers actual... are dead. Yeah. That's what that's yeah. what one of them said. And then did, did you see that the incident in the van where they were being transported? Oh and yeah. And he kicked the guy in the head, and then he said, "Oh, you stink, you stink." And then he said, one of the other guys said, "Oh, they've all shit themselves. They're they're skunks." He yeah. said. And yeah. Just the lack of humanity. Yeah. Was... Now that scene mirrors a scene that we include from the archive of the activities of the SS or of the Einsatzgruppen killer squads that went into Eastern Europe yeah. hunting Jews and mowing down yeah. uh, Jews and communists and trade unionists and intellectuals. Anybody and, and who disagreed. Anybody. And yeah. that scene then, uh, we, anybody alive in 1941 in Eastern Europe and alive in Bosnia, Herzegovina, and the former Yugoslavia in 1995 would say very similar acts are now occurring. And it was interesting when he talked to uh, Najad and Hassan and Fatima in, yes. in, in, uh, in Bosnia that they all felt that, like him, they were condemned to remember, yeah. but they all had an obligation. Yeah, yeah. You know? And there they were. They were there. So here, yeah. another U European Muslims mm -hmm. here since yeah. for maybe a millennia, mm -hmm. and that's what happened there. I thought it was interesting that uh, Advich is it? Advich? Yeah, Avdich. Avdich. He said that he had three daughters. Was yeah, it, was it he did. Advich. Yeah. The name. Najad Avdich. Avdich. Yeah. And a he also, man. he also, he, he was. Yeah. And you could see his. He could see how he was. He was full of empathy. Yeah. And Survivors are winners. To, yeah. Back to your yeah. back to your observation about Tommy. He was a man of hope, because Najat had decided to go back and live in Srebrenica, mm -hmm. even though half the village is still Serb. Yeah. And half the village, therefore, is very reluctant to acknowledge that they were involved in murdering so many. And I, I'm in regular contact with Najat. Now, the current mayor of, of Srebrenica is a Serb and has made it clear that he believes that there was no genocide. So the whole issue of denial, mm -hmm. of dealing with the past, again. is like a 2017 yeah. issue yeah. in parts of Europe. It's nothing to do with history. The past is not dead. The past is not the past. So the the memorial that was pointed out where Nazad pointed yeah. out all his forty was it forty family members? Yeah, he lost around forty. And he pointed out the names. He said, "This is my father's name." So yeah. that that's just made up. Yeah. According to the mayor. Or, or else, or else that they were they were killed in battle or whatever. Yeah, 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 and it's just not slaughtered. And they also said as well that of the eight thousand three hundred twenty-seven people in that 
monument in the like whose remains they located, they said that there was many more that they couldn't, couldn't. because they were they're simply, still finding bodies. Yeah, there's there they just couldn't match DNA or yeah. else the entire family had been wiped out. So they had no DNA to to find it. They yeah. couldn't even find one member to identify, in which case they couldn't identify any of them. So June Tommy was getting a bit sick. We didn't know how sick he was until we got home. But he was coughing and not sleeping uh, when we were finishing the scenes in Slovakia. And then we had to drive for t the best this part. This when he went back to his hometown. Yeah, but yeah. when we left Slovakia, in terms of the schedule, we drove down to Bosnia. Okay. And that was a two-day drive. Okay from Slovakia down to uh, Srebrenica. Okay. Um, and he said, I have to go, I have to go. Uh, we ha I have to meet these people. Little did we know that Tommy um, had a serious illness and within three weeks would have major surgery when we got home. Goodness. And he finishes the film, his commentary track was recorded in his home at the fire after he'd been in hospital for nearly 16 weeks. That is amazing. So we didn't know in January whether we'd be able to finish the film mm -hmm. because I was not going to get a third party narrator to tell mm -hmm. us what Tommy was thinking. No, we needed Tommy. So yeah. uh, heroically, uh, Brendan Deasy actually recorded in two recording sessions. We went down to Tommy's house, the fire was on, it was in January, it was cold, he had a blanket over him. He was back down to skin and bone. Um, and he recorded over four or five hours his, his, his uh, final commentary thoughts. And, um, you know, I knew then I said, regardless of his performance, what a heroic gesture yeah. that he can't physically get in to finish the film into a dubbing theatre. We have to do it here. Yeah. It's not the greatest yeah. uh, scenario yeah. in terms of a feature documentary that you do it in somebody's <laughs> Well, I gotta tell you, from <laughs> as somebody who loved every second of watching it and, and you know, realizes the the historical value of what you've done yeah um the that that sound was perfect that sound i think so perfect. too i think he brendan dc did a great yeah. job you don't even hear the large yeah. crackling no you don't hear you for i can tell you now i i thought that he was in a studio that go. when that was being um, recorded that he was in a studio so i know that Stephen june said to me he said please cover the school's angle yeah so at the moment, you know, it's on a cinema release mm -hmm. around certain cinemas in Dublin. Mm -hmm. uh, at the weekend, we're showing in the Galway Junior Fla. Okay. And there's 290 young people going to see the film in Galway tomorrow. Okay. And then it opens in the Eyes Cinema in Galway. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, we're screening at the Cork Film Festival. Okay. And then it opens in the Gate Cinema in Cork for a okay. week or so. Okay. But on top of that, over 50 schools now have contacted us. Okay. Right? And what's happening is, in cinemas all over the country over the next six weeks, schools will, be go, will go to the cinema mm -hmm. and meet Tommy mm -hmm. at the end of a special screening. Okay. 
And in that sense, we've had a great response all this week. We've screened in Swords, we've screened in Dundrum, uh, we screened here in the, in the IFI. We we packed out the IFI yesterday. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And when Tommy walks out as the credits roll, the impact of a character who's yeah. just walking yeah. off the pages of history in front yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, usually the questions and answers are running for about an hour yeah. before somebody said, look, Murder on the Orient Express is about to start. You better leave. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, know what I thought was, um, again, I noticed about Tommy when he was in his hometown. Yes. And he returned to his hometown and he met that man coming down the street yeah. and he said to him did you know my father you knew my father and I, he knew that the guy knew his father but yeah. he needed to hear us yeah. the viewers to yeah. hear that yes the, this these were guys in a little these bar just on the, across from the these barn these were yeah, real yeah. like this happened this, this old man he did come, out. come from here yeah. it, you know this wasn't staged yeah, I remember like your father he said he used to yeah. have, your grandfather had a shop yeah. across the street yeah. and of course I think that's a very strong scene when he walks yeah. into the field Jim, oh let me God, let me tell you about I, that. I was I tell you there was I had boxes of tissues beside me. I couldn't. That was yeah. So I think moving. we should actually alert. You know the way when people are told about flash photography and all sorts of stuff, and if you're prone to epilepsy and all that, yeah, you uh, you place, place, I yeah. think a lot of audience members would appreciate if we mentioned. Please make sure you have a, a packet of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Let me tell you yeah. about that scene. Yeah. I think it's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. And you know what? He he I, I feel like when Tommy spoke, he was it was like um a word association, but it was valid and real and relevant to his moment there and he was remembering back, but he 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 was utterly sincere, and I felt so moved. There was many scenes in the in the documentary where I felt very moved, but that one was probably for me the culmination of the most powerful scene where he stood there and you could hear the birds, yeah, and you the, could butterflies hear the, the butterflies, the butterflies, and you could see around. that you could see the 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 grass rustling the wind and yeah he was saying this is a wonderful place you know we we played here we played tag we chased we you know we did stuff when we were kids now when we were in the village that morning i said tommy i think we should go into the field and i think you should reflect on your life that was it, it, that was for me that was and the most powerful I, I said to him, I said, why don't you just just dig deep? So Seamus Stacy and uh, Dylan Knapp were on cameras. We two cameras. In general, we were on. We had two cameras at all stages. Cause Did it, you have a drone? We had a drone that day. Yeah, because like there's a lovely, lovely, lovely aerial shot of him. Yeah, and we you had to see the, the path a, a crew from Hungary from Budapest arrived yeah. that morning. And you just, yeah. I, I, to me, it was yeah. that was a wonderful. Now we scene. knew we were going to get some yeah. major scenes in the village because this yeah. was going to be and the drones and all yeah. that they were all planned. So we were in the field, and he comes into the field, and he doesn't say anything for about thirty seconds. Mm. And I was just about to say to him, <laughs> Tommy, is there something wrong? And then he started. And 
And Seamus looked over at me and he sort of winked. Let him go, let him go. Mm. You know? That was good advice. And we just, yeah. all of us yeah. in the field that, that morning, lovely September morning, mm-hmm. we just said, there he is. He's now, he's really digging deep. Mm-hmm. He's reflecting on the life that was, mm-hmm. the life that could have been, the life that was denied him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to get back to your uh, phrase, uh, his acceptance, and that he has the little rucksack on his shoulder and he's going to shuffle off and follow his destiny. Yeah. But at that moment, he's, re- he's, re- he's realising, this should have been my hometown. Yeah. I should have been working I the farm. I should never have left here. I shouldn't have been forced to leave here. Yeah. Yeah. All our family, mm-hmm. you know? And that brought it back because the dereliction mm-hmm. The, everything overgrown, mm-hmm. the shop is gone, mm-hmm. the farmhouse is gone, mm-hmm. there's nothing left, mm-hmm. there's no Jews, mm-hmm. and there's not a trace of them. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's the big wound still, June, mm-hmm. across Europe. Yeah. That a whole strata of European yes. society yeah. was ripped up and exterminated and more or less expunged and from our from existence. And, yeah. yeah. And here he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, reflecting all that, and he's mm-hmm. Tommy's not, Tommy's not, uh, you know, an academic. He speaks five languages, but Tommy worked all his life with his hands. Mm-hmm. But I think in the field, he has, as you say, he 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 has a moment of pure poetry. That's what I thought it was. It was you know? just free flow. He was expressing exactly what he thought, what he felt. The memories he said he mentioned something about memories flooding back yeah and i felt i felt for him that his memories were flooding so back we put our arms around him at the end of that scene and i said yeah, well Tommy, at tough. least we have the end of the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all knew then yeah. that was the ending yeah. yeah we're not going to get a better ending no than that. that was that was that was absolutely perfect now little did we know that the man who delivered that performance was very seriously ill yeah and within a month would have an operation. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I, I saw this, the scenes of him, there were several scenes of him where you took, where he was walking. Yeah. And I absolutely loved those because I was allowed to reflect yeah. on his journey, what he was doing, how he was connecting between people. Yeah. I, was, I was able to, to see that. Yeah. And I, what I also noticed as well was the fact that Tommy walked tall. Yeah. He never, there was never any head down or unsure. And I think he feels that this is his gift. This is his metier. This is his role yeah. in life, that he's come to a true mission and that he feels it strongly. And he's very proud to be doing it. Yeah. And I sense that pride, that the, the exchange of information, that the fact that he was able to to speak the way he did, I think he knows that that is, you know, some people come to recognition of their greatness, maybe at different stages in their life, but he has come to it. And I think... Um, I, June, I, just, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to the ghosts, the ghosts who visited him maybe 12 or 13 years ago to say to him, Tommy, you're going to sit in that living room and yeah. rat gar and just... 
you know, rest on your laurels. Yeah. I think the ghosts are now saying, fair play, Tommy. Yeah. We are remembered. Yeah. Uh, you're after making three documentary films. You've spoken to children all over Ireland. You've reached out to adults. You've built bridges with people that we never thought we'd build bridges with. You've embraced the granddaughter and great-granddaughter of our murderer. Yeah. You have built a bridge with the Muslim community. Yeah. You have embraced a Syrian refugee and you've encouraged them. We built our lives, our lives from the ashes. Mm -hmm. You can do it too. Yeah. To yeah. give that young man. And then there's the moment uh, when Fatima in the maternity clinic yes, reaches out to him. And Tommy amazing. can't complete the question. Yeah. And she reaches out and she touches him on the knee and she says, I know how you feel. Yeah. And, and these are said, little moments. Yeah. Yeah. They're cinematic moments because I know how you feel. If that's in, in an article in the Irish Times, it looks pretty dry. But in, in the dynamic. What, what came across to me throughout the whole thing was that there was not one single person who was faking it. No. It was true. No, it the only fake are the bad true. guys. Yeah. <laughs> they had cut leavers and yeah. all that. And it's important to, to show them Absolute sincerity from yeah. everybody, from both sides. Yeah. That both sides built that bridge, both sides reached out. So whilst Tommy would reach to one, they had to return. And isn't it interesting that yeah. the good the good work the good authority and good works of a Hans Jorgen Brennecke, the man who was prepared to not only say my father was 110% Nazi, mm -hmm. but he's the man that also said, no, we have to face the truth. And this woman, 95 years of age, can't be allowed to propagate her lies. Mm -hmm. Not that we don't expect her to serve a day in prison, mm -hmm. but what we want in court, in modern Germany, mm -hmm. is for the court to say, sorry, we don't accept you made hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't accept that you made... Uh, uh, soup for the prisoners. Mm -hmm. We don't accept that there was no mm -hmm. real treatment. We yeah. know that there was murder yeah. from the moment you left the slave labour camp. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to confront the lies. That same man mm -hmm. is involved in uh, assisting Syrians to know their rights, mm -hmm. uh, involved in encouraging them to learn uh, the German language, uh, to find out what were you when you were in Syria? Oh, we know a guy who was looking for an electrician and uh, building site. That job starts next week. And, mm -hmm. you know, so mm. it's, it's a seamless role. A good, a good person in relation to confronting the Nazi uh, memory mm. uh, or the Nazi legacy in Germany is also the person who introduces it to Sammy and is a good person in relation. Yeah. Clearly, uh, Fatima, Najat, Hassan, all these guys in Bosnia mm -hmm. are good people. Yes. Uh, because they immediately share with Tommy mm -hmm. the notion that hatred's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And Fatima said that she, she delivered children. She said, I don't care. She said, every child is a child. Yeah. She said, they're all the same. They, they all... You know, she said, I don't mind who, where, what religion, she said to me, their children. 
And she said, I teach the same to my own children. And she, she was I, I, wonderful, yeah. yeah. So it's, it seems a bit strange, June, but there it is. Condemned to Remember is a film with a man with a lot of moral courage at the centre of it. <laughs> and it's a film that makes a very modest little assertion that the common bonds of humanity are stronger than the things that divide us and the hatreds this and prejudices. True. This is true. And sometimes we've got to, we've got to um, celebrate the common bonds of humanity. Absolutely. That's and a very modest claim for a film, but there you go. I, In this I, era, I actually think it's a wonderful claim for a film. Yeah, yeah. I also think as well that you need sometimes you need a person who's willing and brave enough and strong enough to point those out. Yeah. And in Tommy, you've got that person. I think we have. I think we have. Uh, because Tommy wasn't too sure whether or not, for instance, Kotleba would meet him and then make a f try to make a fool of him. You know, yeah. try to diminish him. Yeah. Try to belittle him. Yeah. Similarly, when he went into the village in Poland, mm -hmm. the atmosphere was so sullen, so hostile. I think it was really tough. So Tommy were prepared to go into a nasty place mm -hmm. and see for himself that the problem of dealing with the past was not something just that the Germans, we could leave it and let's park that one with Angela Merkel. Yeah. No, it just so happens that in the territories where there's the least openness about the past and mm -hmm. what happened in 1940 to 45. There's the least openness to people like Sammy, people in difficulty from the Middle That's East. That's absolutely true. So yeah. to understand why they're opposed to the Syrians mm -hmm. or the people in desperate need mm -hmm. settling amongst them, mm -hmm. we also have to say, well, perhaps the key to understanding that yeah. Yeah. is the yeah. burdens of history that they're not prepared to acknowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well Any done. All right. Well done. You we, okay? we could talk forever. For yeah, listen, that's uh, wonderful. Thank, thank you. you very much, too. Not at all, thank you.